Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the show, the one and only, of course, myself, Amara La Negra. And you're listening to Exactly Amara. Thank you so much for downloading and subscribing. Muchísimas gracias por el apoyo. Eh, thank you guys for listening, for following all the social media platforms at Exactly Amara. And what can I say? I just love being able to create new content for you guys every week being able to have that one-on-one connection with you. And if you have any questions or anything you would like for me to talk about specifically, don't be shy. Don't be scared. Slide up in my DMs, whether it is at Amara La Negra ALN or at Exactly Amara. And just give me ideas. Be like, look, Amara, I'm going through the situation and I would like you to talk about this or whatever the case may be. Okay, I'm super open-minded and I'm always willing to try something new. Um, by the way, also, don't forget to rate us five stars. Share this podcast with all your friends and family, especially if there's a topic that hits home for you. Ya tú sabes, si tú sabes que tu tía, tu hermana, or somebody is going through it or can relate, share this podcast. Don't be stingy with the info, like I always say. Bueno, with that being said, today... Today I want to talk about something que es un, poco, un poquito cómico, it's funny, pero para some people it may not have been as funny and they may have really truly suffered through some situations, pero it works for me. Today on the show we're talking about how to discipline your kids in our cultura. Bueno, eh, cuando yo digo nuestra cultura es la cultura latina, a ver, ay, los padres son bien, en muchas ocasiones son bien estrictos, they're very strict. And they all have their own ways. Like back in the days, my mom uh, told me that my grandmother used to put um, bloque de cemento, like cement blocks in their hands, and they would make them kneel down and sit under the sun for hours. There's just so many questions and so many things that I want to talk about that my guest today is the founder of the Latinx Parenting. Leslie, welcome to Exactly Amara, my love. How are you? Hola, Amara. I'm so, so good. I'm so excited to be here with you. Awesome. Bueno, you've been listening to what I've been saying about, you know, the way that our parents used to discipline us back in the days, our great-great-grandparents, all of them, but things have changed. Um, and, you know, some people still use la famosa chancleta and everything. How did your mom raise you or your dad growing up? Did you get the 
you know, the beatings, the chancletas, the I'm going to take this away. What was their method for you? You know, my mom and I struggled in relationship, especially in my adolescence, right? But when I, when I was very, very young, she tried really hard to parent me very differently than the way that she was parented, which is very similar to the ways that you're describing, where it's like punishments where they have to, you know, kneel on bottle caps. She tells me, she's like, I wish I got the chancleta, like I wish I got the chancla because I got la soga, I got the whip, like the horse's whip, you know, things like that. And so when she was raising me, I think that she did, you know, the older I've gotten, I realized that she did actually make a conscious effort to not raise me that way. Um, and she still did things because, you know, immigrant women like deal with so much, right? There's so much stress that women deal with. Um, and so let's like get into that at some point too, because I feel like the parenting books are not made for black and brown folks, right? They're not made for people who struggle in different ways than these white parenting authors and the people that they were, you know, the white people that they work with. Um, but my mom raised me with a lot of love, but with a lot of, uh, fear, Right. Like there was a lot of fear. She really tried to make me afraid of her and thought that that was a good thing. Right. It was a good thing that my children. Because let's be clear, there's a difference in between respect me as your parent and fear me as your parent. Yes, 100 percent. And so we don't necessarily have the privilege sometimes of having the time and the space to have those conversations. Our parents didn't. Right. So they're not talking like, do you fear me? Do you respect me? In their minds, it was the same. And I've worked with hundreds of parents, especially Latino parents that are telling me like, I never thought about that. I've never thought about the fact that there is a difference between fear and respect. I just raise my kids in this way because to me, it's the same thing. If they fear me, they respect me. Mm. Bueno, yo te voy a decir una cosa, mi amor. <clears throat> my mom's going to hate this episode. Pero my mom used to beat my ass. Like on some real shit. Like my mom, eso de que... I, I, I really... Going back into my thoughts, the youngest thought that I can think of, like baby thoughts, my mom was always very strict in that aspect. She always felt like, a mí tú me vas a respetar, and this and that. And she would really, she used the chancleta a couple of times, normal. Um, she also used the wire hanger. I remember she also used the belt, el cinturón. Oh my God, that belt. That belt hurts so much. For like three, four days, you still have, you know, like that low, the bruises and stuff. And then my mom's favorite thing was to pinch me. Oh my God, this is so terrible because now I'm an adult and she ain't going to go to jail. But <laughs> in these times, your ass is going to jail if you do that to your kids. But she used to love to pinch me and then I would get like these green, purple bruises everywhere because you know I'm black or whatever. Oh my God, it was trash. But now, uh, something, something she did do was after she would beat me, she would sit me down every time and she would be like, ¿Tú sabes por qué yo te di? Do you know why I beat your ass? And I would be like, no. Or yeah, she's like, porque yo te dije a ti. So she didn't just hit me for hitting me. She hit me and she would explain, these are the consequences of your actions because I warned you several times. Um, and now that I am going to be a mother soon of two girls, because I always feel like, well, if I have boys, I'm going to feel more comfortable to be like, toma, and just, because you're a boy and boys are supposed to be tough and, you know, it's a hard world for men. But for girls, I feel like, oh, you have to be more gentle. But my mom beat me so much that yo salí hasta artista. And it worked. And it made me respect her. We have, well, it worked for me because every, every child is different and every parenting skill is different. Um, it made us very tight. It made us very together. 
However, a veces there's a lot of parents que se le puede ir la mano. And there's a real big difference in between discipline, right, and child abuse. Um, and, and, and I would like you to talk about it. How, how far you think, like, what is the difference in between disciplining your kids and then when it goes all the way to, like, now that's just child abuse. That's just too yeah. much. Yeah. So I, I want to speak to, if that's okay, something that you mentioned earlier when, when your mom was sitting down with you and actually having those communications. Um, that's really beautiful. You know, it's really beautiful that at, at some point she got her nervous system regulated enough to be like, I'm going to explain things to you, right? I'm going to explain things to you. I'm going to communicate and how powerful it would be if our parents had access to be able to do that right before, like right before they beat our asses, right? Because I got the wire hanger too. I got the plastic. I got all the hangers, <laughs> the wooden. Yes. Like, um, I remember one day my mom like whacked me so hard que me quedó una marca for like hours. And she thought it was funny. Like it was like funny to her. You know, she was just like, oh my God, like it's still there. It was entertaining to her. So that sounds so, that sounds so fucked up. And we're laughing now like, oh, it's entertaining okay, her. This but- is our point, right? With this conversation is like, we're laughing now, but like when you really sit with it, when you like really sit with not just like what the situation was, but like the feelings in the moment of getting hit in that way, um, there's pain, right? There's pain. There's and traumas. There's trauma. Would we want that, right? Would we want that for our children? Would we want that same feeling for our children, or are there other ways to, to teach those same values? Because what our parents are trying to do, and which is the, de- the definition of discipline, is to teach, right? We want right. our children to learn the values that we share. We want them to understand the right things to do, the, the things that they shouldn't do, all of these things, like the intention behind the reason why our parents hit us, the reason why we yell. Like, I'm a yeller, right? Like, my violence is not physical. My violence is verbal and loud. Right. It's like loud. So I yell at my kids and I know that that might as well be a verbal chancletazo. You know, like those are things that I think that. Yeah, but 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 segundo, Leslie, because I have to give you props to. First of all, it's already hard enough to be a woman in this world. And then on top of that, you have to be a mother. And that means you have to be nurturing. You have to give away a part of who you are to cater yeah. to, you know, your children. So at a certain point, when people can be judgmental, they say, ay, mira, como le está hablando a los niños. First of all, cállate la boca que nadie te está pidiendo tu opinión. That's the most important part. Because oh, yeah. siempre tiene que venir alguien a dar su opinión and give their opinion about somebody's parenting when nobody asks you for your opinion. That's one. And yeah. two... What do you expect? You know, women women as mothers are only but human. You know, mm-hmm. you better be glad if your parents are just screaming at you. Lucky you. Right? Lucky you. <laughs> Lucky it's, hard you. Not, it's hard not to tell my kids that because, you know, my mom was like, you're lucky I'm only giving you the, the gancho. You're lucky I'm only giving you this, like, manazo. You're lucky, you know, like the base. Because things were right? worse. Because things were worse and they were worse for her. And I'm sure they were worse for my grandparents, too. And so every generation you see is doing a little bit better because we have a little bit more privilege in being able to reflect. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are these generations behaving better? Are we? Are the disciplines better? Are the kids reacting better than before? I will tell you that if you look at the statistics from people that are in prison right now, right, especially black and brown boys that turned into men that created violent situations, um, and even women, right, even women, over 90% of them experienced corporal punishment. Over 90% of them experienced some level of trauma or abuse in childhood. And Dr. Stacey Patton talks about this when she writes her book. She wrote a book called Spare the Kids specifically about Black parenting, right? Like I'm writing the one about Latino, Latinx parenting right now. But she talks about like how indigenous practices, like indigenous Tribes in Africa, there's no record of corporal punishment. You know, these are things that we adapted historically from colonialism. We were oppressed and we adapted oppression into our homes. And so if you are thinking about La Chancleta as something that was is our culture, which is like the argument, right? This is our culture. This is funny. This is, then you're not understanding the history of where some of that oppression comes from, Right. And the stress levels that our people experience that prevent them from breaking through into trying to do something different, right? And so do we have people that have raised their kids differently? Yes. Are those kids good kids and turn into good adults? Absolutely. You know, we don't have to raise them. And 
there's no judgment that I hold for parents. I do want to just say like, there's no judgment because the message that I share a lot is like, if you are, if you were raised with fear and you haven't had the privilege to be able to like go to therapy, right. And you haven't had the privilege to be able to talk through some of these things. Then when you are out in the grocery store and your child starts having a massive tantrum and say you're undocumented, for example, which a lot of our community is in the U S at least, um, your priority is going to make be making sure that you are not calling attention to yourself. You know, your priority is going to be that your kid shut up in that moment, porque si no, something worse can happen, right? And so we are raising our children still with a lot of fear, but that fear is warranted because there's things to be afraid of. That's crazy because, well, in my case, um, not only I always say I have the best of both worlds because I am Afro Latina. I am very proud of being Latina and I'm also very proud of being black. And, you know, you don't when when you have a black child, you need to raise your child, letting them know what the rules and regulations are in the world that we live in because of the color of our skin. The same thing happens for those that are immigrants that don't necessarily have paper, their their documents or, or whatever the case may be, where you have to explain This is how you have to behave. And these are the things that we have to go through because of our situation. So it's very difficult. And I understand it could be very frustrating. I personally, like I said before, now that I am about to have to discipline my children, um, I almost feel like I shouldn't necessarily adopt the things that my mom did to me, to them. But then I also feel like whatever she did to me worked out for me. So maybe I should just repeat the pattern and they'll come out good because I've seen a lot of parents that do the, you know, sit down in the corner and they're the ones that'd be like, mom, shut the fuck up. You know, like that's what the, excuse me. See, look, aquí somos dominicanos, aquí somos latinos, aquí no hacemos esa vaina. Don't come over here trying to act cute because I will beat your ass. So I think there's a power para me. And this is so bad that we're having this conversation because I know that you're like pro don't beat the ass and I'm pro beat that ass. So um, <laughs> I know that there's a part of me that feels like, aunque yo le de su buena maja, y yo sé que lo estoy haciendo por el bien de ellos because all, all of our parents, when they've done it, they always feel like they're doing it for the best of us, to educate us for, for the best of us. But I know that deep down inside, ellos le duele. It hurts them to see you cry, to see you bruise, because a lot of times they can go a little bit over overboard. I remember one time my mom was really upset at me. She was driving and I was sitting in the back and she did that thing where they drive and then they have one hand in the back and she started beating me while she was driving. Y sin querer, she popped me so hard in my face that she busted my nose and I started bleeding. And there was a part of her, she was trying to be tough, but she felt guilty. She felt bad that her anger as an adult pushed her all the way to, you know, un unintentionally, you know, doing that. Um, and I really want to know it from your perspective, because see, and now I'm an adult, yo todavía me acuerdo, what are some of the traumas that you think that that these type of discipline, or, or for those que a veces se le pasa la mano, what do you think are some of the traumas uh, as an adult or as an adolescent that can happen based off the way that they're being disciplined? So there's things that happen in the body, right? So there's things that happen in the body because our body is an animal. Like we are, we're animales, right? And so when we are under threat, we are going to experience certain things in our body that exist in order to protect us. So mm -hmm. 
when we get hit by our parent, by anybody else, right? So like if you got hit by a partner, if you got hit by a stranger on the street, the same mm-hmm. thing would happen. Your cortisol level, which is your stress hormone, your like primary stress hormone is cortisol. So that goes up. When your cortisol levels go up, your brain starts shutting down because now your emphasis is on surviving that situation, mm. right? So when you are in survival, and it's interesting mm-hmm. because la palabra de disciplina, discipline, to teach, right? You can't teach. You can teach fear. You can definitely teach fear and like trauma response. But when you are thinking about kids, for example, that are getting beat at home, right? And then they go to school. And like I was one, right? Like I was one where I would go to school sometimes. And like my trauma necessarily, it was not necessarily like physical trauma on me, but it was a lot of violence between my parents. When I turned like 9, 10, 11, a lot of verbal violence, a lot of, uh, you know, physical violence. I mean, so that's stressful for a child. Right. That's really stressful for a child to experience, not just violence upon a child's body, but también violence that they're seeing in the home. Right. That's stressful. That is potentially traumatizing and that is definitely dysregulating in the moment. So if you are experiencing something like that and then you have to go to school because a lot of my trauma from my mom was verbal. Right. Like later when I was older, porque como dijiste, you can't hit a child when they're 12, 13, 14, 15 years old anymore. You have to resort to other methods of instilling fear in them. And so my mom eventually, you know, she couldn't hit me anymore, but she could yell at me. She could shame me. She could call me all these names that she knew were going to hurt me in order for her to, you know, try to instill a level of respect that I didn't want to respect her. I didn't like her. hurt me that control. So it's power. It's power, you know? And so for me, when I think about myself as a little girl experiencing violence, either watching it, witnessing it, or experiencing it, my brain shutting down. I'm not going to do well in school. I'm not going to sit and listen to my teachers. I'm going to focus on building attachment with other people. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know if I was supposed to I was like, I don't, care. I don't care about school. I just need to feel like I belong to something. I need to feel like I want, you know, I'm connected to somebody, to someone. So I started, you know, hooking up. I started using like a lot of weed, like early, right? I started smoking cigarettes. Like I started doing all these things to like fill this hole that really was connect, like directly connected with the lack of safety I was feeling at home. What do you feel that um, was more hurtful? Because I know how I feel about it. Um, and, 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 you know, I laugh and I joke about it because I, I, I feel like, well, no, así fue como me criaron a mí. And I guess to a certain extent it worked for me. I don't know if maybe when my kids do come to this world, I'll see them and I won't want to hit them or beat them or whatever. Or maybe I will want to, like, meterle un piñazo and be like, te voy a dar, te voy a dar, mira, you know? Aunque no lo vayas a querer hacer, you will. Because I saw my first baby and I was like, oh, my precious little baby. I can't believe, how would anybody ever yell at you? How would anybody, right? And I was just like, why didn't my mommy love me this way? And then they start growing. And then they start pushing those buttons, you know? And then all your shit comes to the surface. And you're like, oh my God, I thought I was going to be real chill. And I'm not real chill because I have more healing to do. Um, and so that's what they do. But, but, but what do you think is more damaging, the physical or the verbal? Because for me, I remember my mom, uh, you know, her parenting skills at the moment, you know, immigrant, no papers, doesn't know the language, has a small baby, single mother, is working three jobs, she's stressed out, and then there comes me. So 
you know, I, I, I can understand. And that's something that I, I feel that as adults now, we need to sometimes put ourselves in our parents' shoes because we're too, we're too attached in the way that we feel. But if we take two seconds to put ourselves in their shoes and try to understand all the things and the pressures of bills, responsibilities, everything. You have a little kid, you're yelling, you're screaming, you're misbehaving, all everything that's on their plate. Um, I'm, I'm a single child, but a lot of parents have three, four, five, six kids, and they're dealing with all of this. Sometimes I don't want to completely put all the pressure and all the fault on parents because I try to understand coño estaba sola y tenía que lidiar con todo eso. It was a lot. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season... We are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And physical punishments were bad. And at the moment, I remember wanting to run away and, you know, closing the door in my room and like, fucking bitch, you know, in my room, not in her face, never. Um, all those things, I'm going to pack up, I'm going to pack my book bag and I'm just going to leave and you're never going to see me again and, uh, and all those things. But the verbal was more damaging because 
I can't get it out of my head. You know, the physical will heal, but the things that came out of your mouth when you were angry, when you were upset or whatever, I try to forgive and understand now, but... I agree. And I agree that they are equally, right? Porque my mom says, you know, mi papá me metía una chinga. Like, she t- describes in detail some of the physical abuse that she received. Like, I remember getting, you know, la, chan- la chancla, el cinto, all of that. But I don't even remember why, right? But like, though that verbal violence, like, and I will call it violence. I don't call it abuse because it's too subjective. But it's violence. You're inflicting violence, right? Um, and so that I do remember. And you're right. Like, I do, I do, I do forgive. It sears you, you know, like it really sears you. Like, te deja una marca. And, and some of those things that we were told are going to take a lot of time to undo, right? Like, my mom's big thing for me was like, huevona, right? Like, she would always call me huevona. I know in, in different places it means different things. For her, it meant floja, like lazy, right? And so for me, it's been a challenge to feel like if I'm resting, that it's okay. Right. Like I feel guilt just like laying there and like relaxing for a little bit. It is hard. And so those are the things. Right. Because all my life I was called floja, huevona, like no sirves para nada. Like all those messages become literally recordings in your brain. And so that informs who you are. That informs your identity. That informs how you feel about yourself. Right. If I wasn't actively undoing that and actively noticing and being like, oh, actually, that's not a message that comes from me. That's a message that was passed down because it was passed down to her because it was passed down to them like that. It's like a generational trauma that, yeah, that goes on. But you know what? Sometimes sometimes it even it even goes to the smallest things like and it's hard to parent. I always say, mira. There's no guidebook on to how to live your life, and there's no guidebook. Aunque ellos te puedan escribir 45,000 libros, you know, books on how to raise your kids and how to parent, every parent has their own book that they create through their own personal experiences of how to raise your kids. But um, he, I'll give you a, a perfect example. When your kid comes home and they tell you that somebody bullied them or somebody did something, what's the first thing, you know, people of color or Latinos say? If they hit you, you hit them back. And if you don't hit them, I'm going to beat your ass. It's an automatic of, si tú no le das, te voy a dar yo y te voy a dar más duro. So, you know, you don't even know how, how to, um, it's hard for you to stop. How do you stop this, this generational um, discipline format that they've taught us? Because we basically repeat what we know. We repeat what we've been taught. We repeat the way that we were raised. How do we stop this and change the format? Oof, that is the question, right? And like, that is literally what I feel like I'm spending, I'm having to spend the rest of my life working on, not just personally, but with everybody that comes into the Latinx parenting space. Like, these are people, like, we are people who really remember ourselves. I think that's like the initial piece. It's like, you have to remember that little girl that you have to remember that niña, you know? And so what I, what I really focus on in my work is like remembering the inner niña, right? And so you've heard of like inner child work. Mm -hmm. So I focus it specifically like for Latino families where we have this inner niña that is hurt, that is wounded, that like, you know, yes, she came out really resilient. I'm a hard worker, I'm a really hard worker. Right, like right. I am a chingona. I have built this business. Like there are things that like I know are because I was given the model of working really hard. And also I don't let myself rest. Right. And so there's extremes to things. Right. So like that served me. But now there's this other piece where I'm just like, I just want to chill for a little bit. Right. And and I don't feel like I right. can. So 
those are extremes, but I feel like I always come back to being like, what is it that this niña needs, right? Like, what is it that she is needing even just in this moment? And sometimes, and this is like where my spirituality comes in too, right? Because sometimes I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to take care of her. Like, and, and I have to trust in something bigger, right? Like I have to trust in this like bigger vision of all of us, like not having to heal so damn much, not having to survive so damn much. Like we really do want to move into a place of, because we were, we were trying to survive. Our parents were trying to survive. My mom was undocumented. She was trying to stay. Like, there was all these reasons, right, that our parents, our grandparents, like, they have been in survival because of where they come from, right? There is, like, so many generations of trauma. So do you not, do you not spank your kids at all? I really want to sometimes. I really want to. Like, le digo a los papás con quien trabajo, I'm like, siento el fuego en la mano. You know, like I feel right. the fire in my hand. Like I want to just like whack you so hard sometimes. But I committed. Like I really did. There have been times where I just like I go like this, like really quickly, and I'm like, oh, that scares me. Porque si me dejo, si me dejo tocar el cuerpo de mi hijo o mi hija, sí. I have three, so I have a ten year old, I have a, a four year old, and I have a two year old. The little ones oh, test wow. me. They really test right. me. Right? I'm, I, Yes, especially with, like, less sleep. You know, sometimes I forget yeah. to eat. Like, things like that. Like, you know, you and I should talk again. So then you I just want to talk to you when your kids are four. You just, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I want to, <laughs> let's have this again when your girls are four, five, six. Like, every year we'll be like, Amara la Negra check-in, parenting check-in. How's it going? Yo, dead <laughs> you ass, dead ass. I, I, I'm saying this right now, and I want to save this episode and, you know, re, recheck it out later. I see myself doing that laser look where, you know, you just got to look at your kids and give them that in the eyes. And they know. They know what time it is. I also see myself doing the, vamos para el baño. Let's go to the bathroom real quick. Because I remember my mom used to do that to me, and it worked. Um, I remember, I remember many things, many techniques that I see myself doing. However, I do see myself being more in control. Vamos a ver. But I do see myself being more in control. Um, definitely being a screamer, a curser. I'm going to curse your ass out. Um, but I'm, I, I, I think that because I am more prepared than my mom at the moment, I will do my best to be more in control and only do those things only if I see myself pushed to the limit if necessary, not in a way of abuse, but in a way of discipline. Um, I do believe that there's things that you can take away. You can do punishments. There's many things that do affect kids uh, more and, and you can actually have a better result if you, you know, put them on timeout or take something away from them or whatever without having to physically abuse them. I definitely, definitely want to be careful with my words. I think words are very powerful, especially when they come from the mother or the father or someone that the child looks up to. If your kid looks up to you know you as a parent, your grandmother or whatever, and you say a, you know hurtful things, those things can be very traumatic, and they and casi mente hay cosas que no se pueden recuperar never because se quedan ahí en tu corazón, se quedan en tu mente. So definitely, as parents. We got to do better when it comes to the things that we say to our kids. Because you think that, no, porque está chiquito, después no se va a acordar. Es mentira. They do remember. They definitely do do remember. Has there been anything that you've done so far when it comes to parenting that you regret? Yeah, I think, 
I've I've made compare like I've made comparisons right like I'm always like if you like un niño con quien um, like my daughter hangs out with um, her best friend is a boy and he loves to read and he like he you know and so for a while I was like look I was like look at him right like look at look at what he's doing and she was like you're comparing me like some you know sometimes I wish she told me like sometimes I think that you wish that he was me. Um, and that he was your son and that I wasn't your daughter. And I said something mean. I was like, you're right. <laughs> you know, I was like, but totally like in my survival brain. También. And I feel like, you know, something that I do really want to emphasize on that is like you, you can think about the way that you want to parent, but if you don't understand like what's normal for a child at the ages, then it's going to be so much harder to know like where you stand as a parent in that situation, right? And so some of the things that have been normal for my children, I have expected more from them at those ages, you know? And it's like expecting them to walk, like, right when they come out of the womb. Like, there are things that I'm still learning at 35, right? Like, I'll be 35 this year. There's things that I'm still learning that, like, I, I'm i so grateful nobody's punishing me for still learning some of these lessons, right? And something that somebody said, like, to your point, where, like, the way that you tres veces and it's like, that depends, right? Like, people are like, is that okay to do? I'm just like, what What age? What do you, you know, like, tell me what age they are. Oh, age, age is age important. Age is so important. important. Yes. And so I just want to tell parents, like any parents that are listening, like, learn a little bit about, like, the brain, right? Like, learn a little bit about, like, what happens when your children are in survival state. Like, is it a good time to, like, talk to them and give them a lesson when they're, like, screaming? Right. Like, no, mm-hmm. the brain is not, like, calm enough. So there's things that I have done that, like, go against this, right, where I'm, like, trying to scream the lesson into my, my older one, especially like, she's the one that's really like starting, especially now that she's going into like the tween years and eventually she's going to be a teenager. That's going to be interesting because I remember myself as a teenager and. (laughs) And you know what, and you know what the, the pandemic, uh, let's not forget this part too. The pandemic definitely, um, to me in my eyes affected a lot of the development for a lot of these children and affected the way that a lot of parents disciplined their kids because they found themselves being stuck in a house all day, every day together for weeks, for months, for hours. Um, until this day, there's a lot of parents that because of the pandemic and the things that are happening in the world, they had to como que cambiar el formato and now you're homeschooling, now, you know, it's not the same when you send your kids off to school for eight hours or whatever, and then you have, like, that time away from them, then now that you're with them all the time, they, like, get on your nerves, and the smallest thing can make you, you know, flip the hell out as a parent. I think that we, as parents, we have to do better. I want to thank you so much, Leslie, you know, for coming in, for, you know, giving these the, these great tips and information that really do need to be heard. Because like I always say, there's truly no guidebook into how to parent. We all figure it out as we go along. But there is a lot of good suggestions and there's a lot of great information that you can check out and see and become the best parent that you can be. Is there any um, social media platform or anywhere where we can check you out? Yes, I would love people to find us on Instagram at Latinx Parenting. I tweet sometimes also Latinx Parent at Latinx Parenting. 
Um, yeah, I think that if people just start following that page, they can. Oh, and also subscribe. If you go to latinxparenting.org, you can subscribe and see everything that we have coming up. And yeah, parents also, we need to find our own techniques. Let's meditate. Let's count to a thousand if necessary. <laughs> we need to find our own ways to become better people, become better parents for our kids. Um, y si tú todavía usas la chancleta and it works for you, a chancletazo limpio. And if not, then let's figure out other ways. I'm going to let you know later on what was my favorite method once my girls grow up. Pero mientras tanto, I think I'm just going to be a screamer. <laughs> But that being said, thank you everyone for joining me. And remember to follow Exactly Amara and My Cultura Podcast on Instagram. And also check us out on Twitter. Um, and if you want to see the episode, you can check it out on Exactly Amara on YouTube. Exactly Amara on YouTube. You can check out the episode uh, and check out and see my, my guests and all that good stuff. Remember that this has been a production of iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. And for more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This has been such an amazing episode Eh, I don't even know how to feel because hay una parte de mí que I'm like, dale su chancleta, dale su cocotazo, lo duro ahí para que aprenda. All those good things. And then there's this other part of me that's like, I know me, that's child abuse. You can't do that. You have to talk to them. You know, oh my God, put them on time. It's hard. I would definitely want to know what is your way of disciplining your kids. Go let me know at Exactly Amara on Instagram and on Twitter. Let me know what are the methods that you use to discipline and raise your kids. I am super curious. With that being said, see you guys in the next episode of Exactly Amara. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo, riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta está reducida la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar20enespañol.com. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.